0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Raising Unicorns, a Harmon Brothers podcast. In this episode, Daniel Harmon and Benton Crane geek out about purple mattresses, but listen closely because you're about to learn about objective versus subjective measurement and how you can use objective measurement to change the conversation and show your customers that your product or service is the only way. Unicorns are real. In the past eight years, Harmon Brothers has helped raise five unicorns, yes. That's five companies with a billion dollar valuation, with at least six more companies right on the cusp of becoming unicorns. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the lessons we've learned to help you grow your business by tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time to start raising a unicorn of your own. All right, Daniel, purple mattresses. I would say it's gotta be one of the top five greatest successes in terms of companies that I've worked with during my career.
1: Amazing success to go from them approaching us with this amazing, differentiated, like best in market bed. Still is help us launch this into the world and create a brand around it to where it's now, they're publicly traded, aren't they? Uh Yeah, with a market cap of like $100 million, I think now.
0: Yeah, I think for a time it was up in the billions. The market has gone through quite a downturn and quite a reset where it was, but still wildly successful company, enormously valuable company, and hands down best mattress in the industry. There
1: was so much genius there. They had so much experience And technical know-how between Terry and Tony, the original engineers behind the bed, and just coming up with an amazing product. Chris Knudsen, who was heading up the marketing at the time. He was their CMO. Chris
0: often gets enough credit. He played Nick Fury, where he brought
1: everybody together. He was doing the Avengers Assemble thing.
0: So here's one of the things that I find so interesting about purple. In the world of mattresses, most people just look at them through this like subjective eye. How does it look? How does it feel? Is it soft enough? Is it hard enough type of thing? And what a lot of people don't realize is that you can actually measure objectively the performance of a mattress. And that's why when I say Purple is the best mattress in the industry, I don't feel like I'm just being like, oh, in Benton's opinion, Purple is the best mattress. We actually went through and tested a whole bunch of mattresses. I guess in fairness, we didn't test every mattress in the industry. We more kind of tested categories. We hit the high-end memory foam. We hit the airbeds. We hit the pillow tops. The most
1: popular mattresses of the time we tested all those. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Purple was hands down the best performing in every single category, which is interesting because in the world of mattresses, there's actually not that many categories. A mattress needs to be really good at two things. One is it needs to support your spine in a way that it holds proper spinal alignment while you sleep. So you don't wake up and need to go to the chiropractor. Generally speaking, historically, firm beds have been much better than soft beds. But then there's the other side of the coin where it also needs to feel comfortable. And that can actually be measured through pressure points. How much pressure does a mattress put on your body in any given point, whether that's your hip, your shoulder? That essentially determines how comfortable the mattress feels when you're laying on it. And historically, Softer beds have performed much better for pressure point elimination. And so the world of mattresses have always been this big trade-off between do I want pressure points or do I want no pressure or do I want really good spinal alignment? And so everyone's kind of left to find that
1: balance where it's, I'm getting just enough of one and enough of the other. It's not. There was a little bit of that trade-off that was happening all the time where either people were waking up and being like, oh, my shoulder's hurting, that they were waking up in disgust comfort from like their spine being misaligned and Purple had all these ways to be able to measure how it outperformed the other beds in both of those categories all at one. It yeah. was really cool.
0: In fact, one of my roles was working with Terry to develop those tests. And essentially we had three tests. One was called the pressure mapper, which that one we didn't develop. It was just this piece of tech that you can buy where it's essentially this thin piece of material that you can lay out on the bed and then somebody can lay down on top of it and it actually measures pressure points everywhere that you're laying and it creates this pressure map so that you can see where where, your hot spots are. And so we did that on Purple and we did it on a host of other mattresses and Purple, hands down. Consistently outperformed. Yep. It eliminated pressure points better than all the others. Now, like you can dive deep into the tech of why that happens. It's interesting because generally speaking, when you lay down on the super soft pillow top mattress, you sink into it. It feels like it's almost hugging you or enveloping you. Some of the soft memory foam mattresses have that sink in hug effect. So essentially what that does is as you sink in, the pressure is being distributed out across a much broader surface area. And so it gets rid of those pressure points. But of course, the trade-off is you you sink, you end up in this hammock effect. Purple actually takes a little different approach. Essentially, if you look at that purple grid, it's basically made up of a whole bunch of columns. What's interesting about that is when you lie down on it, your body weight is distributed across all of those columns and anywhere that the pressure gets high enough, the columns underneath that pressure point buckle and they collapse. What's so interesting about that buckling effect is that when it buckles, it stops pushing back Against your body in that spot. Whereas if you were lying on springs or foam or whatever, however hard you push down, it pushes back with the same force. Yeah, it's physics. Yeah, but in the case of purple, as that buckles away, it quits pushing on that potential pressure point and it distributes your weight out around the columns
1: surrounding. It's not necessarily that it just quits pushing. It only provides resistance to a certain point. And, and then, then it once it buckles and there's no increased resistance after that, as opposed to with another bed, you would have increased resistance. Yep. Okay. So the other two tests, right? We had the back sleeper test, yep. and the side sleeper test.
0: And essentially when you lie on your back, if you were to look at the mattress and your body from the side, what you would want to see is spinal alignment that is a healthy alignment that's slightly more elongated than when you're standing up with straight upright posture. That's what you want to see. And so I worked with Terry we actually built an apparatus to help measure that where for each of the mattresses we put metal rods through the mattress so that somebody could then lie down on the mattress and those metal rods would push down through the mattress and on the other side, you would see the shape of the spine. And so what that allowed us to do is visualize on all these different types of beds, what happens with your spinal alignment when you're lying on your back. In this back sleeper test where we're able to measure how well does this mattress align your spine when you're lying on your back? Once again, hands down, across the board, Purple outperformed everything else. Then we did the side sleeper test. And the side sleeper test is slightly different. That's where, imagine you're lying on your side and your back is facing the wall and you're looking at the mattress from the wall. You're seeing the back of this person and the mattress. What you wanna see in that case is a straight spine because now you don't want the spine to be waving from side to side. You don't want it to be in like a hammock mode or whatever. You wanna see it nice and straight. In the case of the side sleeper test, essentially what we were able to do is we had a subject lie on the mattress who you could actually see their vertebrae. They were skinny enough. And so by seeing the vertebrae, you're able to draw a line and see what the shape of that line looks like. And you get different shaped lines with different styles of bed and stuff. But once again, purple hands down perform the best in this side sleeper test where it essentially allows your hip and your shoulders to buckle down into it without creating pressure points. And then the purple supports the rest of your body so
1: that it stays- through in- your rib cage.
0: Yeah, why do I bring this? up. This is actually on my mind because the other day, one of my friends posted on Facebook. They said, hey, does anyone have an opinion
1: on purple versus so-and-so versus so-and-so versus so-and-so I can't even count the number of times I've seen that exact same post from different people because a mattress is a big purchase. So you see people go to the Facebook hive mind or whatever to yep. get an opinion on, oh, which one should I go with?
0: Yeah. If you go look at the comments, you're going to see people doing their typical subjective type stuff. Oh, I like so-and-so it feels great. Or you even see some people who are like, oh, I had purple and it was too firm or some people too soft or whatever the case may be. And pretty much without thinking, I just went and grabbed those three videos that we made back in the day that show those three tests. And I just dropped them in the comments so that my friend could see those. Because in my head, I'm like, it's no brainer. It's objectively better than all the others. All these subjective opinions in this case don't really matter. It's objectively the best mattress on the market. And as I did that, I stopped and thought about it and I was like, man, like six or seven years or something since we did the Purple campaign and since we did those tests and everything. And I'm guessing that Let's call it once every other month. I do that exact same thing where I drop those three videos in somebody's post because they're asking for opinions on this. And it dawned on me that this story of Purple being the best in the business when it comes to pressure point relief and the best when it comes to spinal alignment, hands down the best mattress in the industry. I'm not sure that it's out there in the way that the market is absorbing it and knowing it and understanding it to where other people
1: are spreading that message. And when I realized that... You mean mean doubling and tripling down on it? Yeah. Yeah, Because we did an individual video on each of these things. But like you said, I think one of them has. The main video obviously has hundreds of millions of views.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it's that the message didn't get out there. What it made me think about was... So I started my career as an automotive repair guy. I was a technician. I loved cars. It was like my passion growing up. And I remember growing up, I would read Motor Trend Magazine. In a Motor Trend article, Chevy Camaro versus Ford Mustang. There are all these objective measurements where they can go down through and say, okay, here's horsepower, here's torque, here's acceleration, here's cornering, here's braking. And these are all objective measurements. So you can see this is how this one performs, this is how this one performs. And then there's all the subjective stuff. Like you're talking about, how does it look? How does it feel? How do I feel about the brand? What does the
1: brand say about
0: me? All these type of things. What's the
1: marketing around it, all that stuff. Yeah,
0: and... I remember as a teenager, I was a Chevy guy. I just hated Fords because they were Fords and I hated Dodges because they were Dodges. And I love Chevys cause they were Chevys. And so I would look at all the objective measures where Chevy was best. And I would like,
1: yeah. I'd, and I would tout, tout those things. Well, my uncles were farmers and they all drove Chevys. My grandpa did too. And I think that's where my loyalty to Chevy came in. And I think I justified it through the objective measures of the most dependable, longest lasting trucks on the road. I know that was their message for a lot of years years ago. They're the best built ones, I think. But I think at the end of the day, I was probably more into it from the get go because it was a family thing. Yeah.
0: Here's what's interesting. I remember after a few years, a friend went out and bought a Ford and I remember scratching my head and being like, why would anyone do that? Because I had convinced myself that Chevy was, was so, so
1: objectively better.
0: Yeah, but it actually wasn't. It was all the subjective side of it that I was really latching onto to make my determination that it was the better truck. When in reality, the objective stuff was the differences between them were negligible. Chevy slightly better here, Ford slightly better there. And so at the end of the day, they're so similar from an objective perspective. The subjective side of it ends up becoming what drives the purchase, what drives the decision. Okay, so fast forward several years, enter Tesla. And now Tesla comes along and there's a whole bunch of objective measures that are now no longer these negligible differences. They're massive differences. Things like torque, acceleration, center of gravity, rollover resistance, crash test safety,
1: the objective measures. Efficiency for what you spend on per mile cost. I think Uh even uh,
0: total ownership cost. Yeah, that started
1: to show itself. Uh Yeah. So
0: you have all these objective measures where it's no longer these little negligible difference. It is like step change differences. And it took, what, a decade and a half or so, but Tesla is now the most valuable car company in the world. Where I wanna tie it back in is Purple came into an industry that was all about subjectivity. How does the mattress look? How does it feel? Mm-hmm. Is it the right hardness? Is it the right softness? Does it create that hug? And they come in with a product that is objectively better. And I personally believe that Purple should be the number one mattress in the industry, period. Should be the biggest mattress company on planet Earth because it has the best
1: mattress. We believed that from essentially day one mm-hmm. of promoting them.
0: So here's what's so interesting about this. Purple is both like this home run magical success. It was just such a pleasure to get to work on it and to get to be a part of it and to get to associate with brilliant entrepreneurs and inventors who made the thing and all of the other people who came into the team and made it all a reality. That was just an honor. But as I'm looking back and I'm posting these three little videos on these comments of my friends, I can't help but go, what could have been? This could have been even bigger, even more successful The story, even more widely told, more widely adopted. And I find that fascinating that I'm like, man, it's, it's both the most amazing thing and it's a little bit of a tragedy at the same time.
1: Yeah. Like you said, the message was out there, but did it continually get hammered home on? Once a message like that really sinks in, it really stays with people for a long time. And I think you're right. Like there's something to be said for that ability to communicate those objective differences and just continually push that message in fresh ways out there. And I think to some degree they did the one commercial where they actually strapped the eggs. I think that had some success and stuff, but I think it's a very interesting thought experiment to be like, why couldn't it break into that number one spot? It really genuinely feels like it could and should. I have a bit of a theory on where the
0: inflection point might've happened in terms of where they were really leaning into this story of it's the no compromise mattress. It's the best for spinal support, the best for pressure yeah. relief. It's the best of both worlds. That was what the whole Goldilocks theme was. It's not a it's not a middle ground, it's the best of both. But before I share the theory, I think it's important to acknowledge that we didn't keep Purple as a client and we didn't get to help them continue to tell the story. That's largely on us. We had a business model at the time that we thought was Was going to be a really great business model. And essentially it was to say, we're gonna make the campaign for you as affordably as we possibly can. And then we get to share in the upside by receiving a percentage of ad spend. You're only gonna buy ads if the campaign works. So you only have to pay us if it works. If it doesn't work, then we don't get any upside, right? Right. And so out of the gate, everyone's nodding their head going, Yeah, this sounds good. It sounds like we're all aligned. But When the campaign was so wildly successful and it was justifying such enormous amounts of ad spend behind it, the ad spend royalties that they were then paying to us became uncomfortable. And it got to that point Mm -hmm. where even though up front, they liked the idea and they were comfortable with this idea of we get to participate in the upside. And it turned out that there was great upside when we actually participated in it. It was very painful and they didn't want to continue in that arrangement. And in fairness, we didn't understand the wedge that we were driving in the relationship with that business model. And so they went their separate way, went off on their own. So it ended up being a great case study for us. They carried on, grew the company in fantastic ways. Everybody ended up coming out fine in that situation. But it does come back to that What if we could have continued to help them tell that story? I can't help but wonder, there was a moment in their history where they decided to expand their product line. And I don't remember the exact nomenclature or whatever, but if I remember correctly, there was purple one, purple two, purple three.
1: What depth of that purple layer are you going to get, Exactly. Two Uh inches,
0: three inches, or four four inches inches. of Uh this purple material. And I don't remember the exact language they started using around that, but... If my memory serves correctly it was like what level of comfort do you want implying that level 3 and level 4 provide more comfort than level 1 even though level 1 was objectively the best mattress in the industry and so rather than showing that level 2 or level 3 was objectively better than level 1 instead it became this subjective decision of which one do you want which one do you like yeah. the like the feel love. And I don't know for certain, I don't have insight into what all went into that decision and the data behind it and all that stuff. But I can't help but wonder if that introduced the uncertainty around Purple One actually being the best objective mattress in the industry and brought back in that opportunity for consumers to go, which one feels best?
1: Yeah message was that sending yeah I don't know yeah and I think my guess would be that their sales went up when they released more products when you have seen this with different product offerings when you have more options for people to choose from often your sales can increase without a doubt especially out of the gate and you see this in the case of very successful restaurants in and out being an example where they've just really honed their menu in on just a handful of items and that's all they're gonna give you and they're gonna do it really well and they always have a line At those drive throughs. And if Purple perhaps could have taken more of that sort of approach, where there was already plenty of other mattress brands out there that had a whole lineup of different kinds of shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. or comfort levels or stiffness or whatever it was, it does make you wonder. Like you said, it calls into question of like, oh, I already thought that was the best mattress. Then, like, what's the difference with these other levels? It's a really interesting thought experiment because I do believe that they developed technology to improve the bed from where it was at. Mm -hmm. Even though it was objectively the best at the time, I think they have newer models that are probably objectively better, even than that original. And the thought experiment is what if they just replaced the original with this new one and then that's what they had rather than have all these different sizes. Would that have been better off with a long-term play? That was a discussion you and I had at some point of, oh, that should have just been the new purple mattress. And that was it. Like now it's better than ever and objectively for these reasons. and, And you roll that way. Another thought that comes to my mind, and I guess it's the only outlier I'd say to your argument, perhaps, is I have a cousin who bought a purple mattress. He is lighter than I am. And it was a stiff mattress for him. Is the way he felt about it. That it was overall a little bit too stiff for him. And there are some people, even the original purple mattress, their reviews would lean slightly. They told us that Mm -hmm. from the get-go, would lean slightly towards the, oh, it's a little bit of a stiff mattress, but I really like it thing. Anyway, I'd never heard the verdict of whether or not he ended up returning it or not, but he was debating it at the time because he got the purple and it was a little bit stiff for him. Well, the newer technology, I think would be a little bit less stiff for him. And I'm wondering if the way, like you said, that buckling technology works, once it gives past a certain point, then it's no longer providing additional pressure to Mm -hmm. your hips, to your bum, to your shoulders, whatever it is, your shoulder blades. And this is a a crazy thought, probably one you hadn't thought of. What if it was done by body weight? To where it's
0: calibrated to. Yes, if you
1: are this tall and you weigh between this and this, you're gonna need the purple too. If you're this, like it is going to provide exactly what you need, but you need more of that give because you're lighter weight person. And you'll sit too much on top of that bed if you're lighter weight. At least I know that was the experience of my cousin as opposed to mine, where I'm sleeping on the same mattress that I was given back when we started the campaign. And I think well, that's been eight years now because that was pre-campaign yeah. launch and I'm yeah. still on the same purple mattress. And I almost wonder if it could have been more of that type of a message where it's still singularly the best bed, but you're this is all going to be calibrated objectively by your weight. That's super interesting.
0: I think there's another dynamic too, and that is that... People who like soft beds are used to that hug effect. And so when they experience purple, they're actually getting less pressure on their points because of that buckling. But they're not getting the hug effect that they're used to. Not in the same way they're used to. Once again, that's additional education and storytelling that I don't know how well
1: that particular story has been told. Yeah. And to be fair, I haven't watched all the purple ads that have come out since then. And but I feel like a little bit of the purple message isn't so much in the forefront of people's minds of that mattress is so different than everything else out there because it truly is. Some of the fun things around that original launch was how much of the branding we were able to be involved in and help out with, particularly the purple logo that was designed by myself and by Brett Crockett. We collaborated together on that They're using the same logo to this day where it has a little bit of where the P kind of pushes into the U and it gives a little bit of a hint of what pressure release there. And then there's the other s- stiff points. So that was really fun. And then also in playing with names for the brand, they approached this early on where they didn't even have a definitive name for it. And we went through this whole process of stress testing different names with different audiences of like, what words were going to be easily spelled when heard, what words would be available in a URL or available legally, no, easily or pronounced
0: to, when seen yeah, all that sort of thing easily
1: pronounced when seen all those kind of things and eventually with guidance from like chris Knudsen and tony and terry we landed on going for an empty vessel name and i think purple was a name that they brought to us so this is one we've been kicking around we we're like oh that's interesting
0: the backstory on it was super fascinating where they were the inventors of jill yes. essentially like When you go see Dr. Scholl's gel inserts, that technology was invented by Tony and Terry and Dr. Scholl's licenses it from them. And the natural color of that material is like booger green. And because of that, they put blue dye into
1: it. To make it just more um, marketing appealing, right? Uh Yeah.
0: But over time, blue and gel became... synonymous. Synonymous, To the point where a whole bunch of mattress makers started painting their foam blue and then calling it gel foam. And so as Tony and Terry were seeing the gel industry go in that direction, and they knew this technology that they were now applying to mattresses, which they had invented this machine that could create gel the size of a king-size mattress, which is like a huge breakthrough in and of itself. They were super afraid of one, dyeing it blue, because all the other mattress makers were using blue and calling their foam gel and that sort of thing. And two, they were worried about calling it gel yep. even because
1: of how- It had essentially
0: become commoditized. Yeah. So they knew we got to do a different color. And in their experimentation, they experimented with purple and liked it. And as they were brainstorming, what do we call this? Somebody from their team just threw out, well, what if we just call it purple? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. That was one of the names that we tested and we found out we could get a URL close enough to it at the time it was it on on purple.com purple.com because purple.com was probably for sale but not for a price that they were willing to pay at that time it was expensive they did eventually buy that domain and i'm sure they paid a pretty penny for it but worth it in the end it was really good to go through that process and eventually settle on an empty vessel and a name that you could give meaning to through marketing and branding rather than it had to have all the information and meaning that came with it so i think one of the big takeaways for me is that when you have a message that's working. You continually just push on that message until it becomes synonymous with your brand. And once you've promoted it to that point that it becomes synonymous with a single word or phrase or whatever, then you've done enough marketing on it and maybe you need to keep doing some more. But once you've done that for long enough and it's in the public, essentially when you've done enough. And I think that's what brought this whole topic up for me was when I realized that the comment
0: section on my friend's post where he's asking, Purple versus so-and-so versus so-and-so, no one in the comments is hitting on the fact Um, that it's the best when it comes to pressure relief and the best when it comes to spinal alignment. And to me, that's where the tragedy side of this story comes in. And I say that with zero intent to throw anyone under the bus. No,
1: yeah. Obviously, they've been extremely successful. Yeah,
0: Purple has been wildly successful. I am proud to have had any involvement in it at all. Genuine honor. And I just respect the heck out of everyone who has made that a reality. But there's still that tinge of... It should be the number one mattress
1: brand in the world, period. And it should occupy that place in people's minds where that comment section is reflecting that from what's coming through from your marketing. All right, Daniel, it's been fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Tired of playing catch-up on your marketing approach? Plan your whole
0: year of ad content with our video strategy in a day. The Harmon Brothers are known for their ad work with Lumi, Purple, and Shaver. And now we're offering a 20-minute video that helps you strategize your best profit-pushing ad research, messaging, and testing for free. Because a win for great businesses is a win for all of us. Go to harmonbrothers.com forward slash video strategy to save future you a lot of stress with no pitch and nothing to buy.